announce everyone. Thank you for the patience. We had some difficulty here with joining. I hope you hear me well. Now, super. Okay. So today we will talk about uh, the topic of mind games. Uh, I was inspired by this uh, John Lennon song. Maybe you know. It's the. I will share it with you later if you now you don't remember it. But uh, we as a sadakas, we have this um, tendency also to play with our minds and we try to discipline them. And we are always in this um, game with the mind. It plays some tricks on us and we try to play on it so we are more able to focus on our sadhana. And today I wanted to share some ideas how to how to better play with our mind in a way that would be beneficial for our sadhana and share some ideas from one method of uh, psychotherapy, which gives nice hints about how to work with the mind. Uh, but uh, firstly, as uh, sadhakas, we for sure, every one of you has uh, had this experience to talk with himself. We have this voice inside, which is always uh, making some noise. And when we start to do our sadhana, we try to have two voices inside. The one voice, which is the sadhaka one, who tries to put everything in the perspective of bhakti. We try to talk with ourselves. We try to talk to our mind. Okay, don't do this, better do this. Oh, why you don't have taste for chanting and doing japa, you should do like this. And sometimes our mind starts to us in other direction. He says, okay, now listen to some, some not so good stuff for our devotional service or go there, do this. And we have this tendency to, to speak with ourselves and we have this two voices. Many, many devotees with whom I have talked have like this idea that, okay, here is my sadaka identity and I want to hear more of these voices. And the other is kind of this sense enjoyer who is uh, uh, always trying to do something mischievous or something which is hindering my progress. Uh, can you relate to that? That many of us has this idea. I have the voice which is the sense enjoyer and I have the voice which is the sadhaka, the, um, the intellect, our reason who is trying to go to the better direction. And this is like a struggle in ourselves because the sense enjoyer wants other things. He wants things which are anartha, which are of no value to our process. And there is like this game that uh, it plays on us, this sense enjoyer. He tries to pull us in that directions. And we are always like mouse and cat chasing and uh, doing some stuff. So um, as I have mentioned in some of my previous classes, 
like uh, the first one which were about the emotional wounds and how they make us have like unarta tendencies and then about our sadaka needs and the needs of our material identity and how to transit from the one to the other now i will talk a bit more how to get more specific about this game with our mind and what things we can do to stop doing this fight because at some moments the fight is beneficial we need to have discipline and like uh, one strict and well-wishing father or parent we want to discipline our child which is a bit not knowing what to do but uh, at some point when we start to fight in this way to repress something that is coming inside of us some emotions, some needs, some fears. Uh, we are like mm, getting neurotic or maybe we, we can also become more not enthusiastic, like more demotivated to practice because um, I have talked with some devotees, worked with some devotees uh, and uh, there is like this fight when it's too strong and the impact starts to get bigger the the sense enjoyer kind of starts to win uh, for sure you had this tendency you try to fight something which is not very beneficial for your process and you try to fight to suppress to kind of overcome it but somehow this tendency is still there and getting the upper hand uh, you can relate to this yeah, and in this uh, this dynamic is very common in the psychological field because when you try to repress something, it becomes stronger. And if it's uh, very deep rooted in ourselves, when we try to engage in this fight and flight mentality, we are not getting uh, very far. And sometimes, as also our um, our elders say that when you try to fight the material nature, it overcomes you. We are not able to fight material nature and we are not able to, as Krishna says in the Gita, the mind is like a wind and you cannot control it. And if you try to fight it with your uh, own bare hands, it's getting the upper hand always. So what we can do? Um, as I said in some of the previous classes and we discussed, our tendencies, which is which are anarthas and some material emotions, come down to some wounds that we carry from time immemorial, from handling with this material nature and being in this uh, uh, in this material world, which is temporary, which uh, brings so much pain to our uh, souls, which are identified with this whole creation here. And many of us, all of us have some, have some deep impressions, some deep scars from dealing with this, uh, this thing that is happening around of us. And that things makes these some uh, strong impressions inside. And there are some deep down rooted wounds and rooted feelings, which are what I mean, we have some pain Maybe we fear that we fear uh, that um, 
our life will go in vain. We feel fear that something will happen to us. And we have these fears rooted because with our material identity is still so hard and on this level of uh, uh, unsteady practice, we're on that, um, on that edge. We're always on that edge. We glimpse something from the spiritual nature, some above, some uh, shadow is there from the practice, from the uh, from our teachers. But then again, material natures is kind of going on us, and we start to feel these emotions. And when we cannot um, satisfy our needs on the spiritual platform, we are starting to get entangled a bit more in that material nature again and our mind starts to have these voices inside the sense and joy becomes stronger because there is this fear which is driving it we have this uh, wanting to enjoy something because our soul wants another wants something to something something to cherish on it wants some happiness and uh, when we see this complex happening in ourself, this struggle, this pain, these feelings and needs only as a sense enjoyer that we need to fight, we kind of miss the point. Because in that sense enjoyer, which is um, pulling us uh, outside of the practice there are these needs of security of safety of belonging of wanting to be loved and uh, loved in return as it said in, in this uh, just standard the greatest thing you you ever known is to love and to love in return so we need that but in our material nature and the, in the, our material struggle we have felt that this is something impossible and uh, this pain is driving us to, to do all this nonsense. We have some needs in ourselves that are not being met and we are still not on this spiritual platform. So the tendency is going to the direction of uh, uh, to, to do what is there, what, what, it, what it has known for so many lifetimes. And um, when we start to fight this sense enjoyer and we put everything that is happening, which is not directly connected to our sadhana, if we label it as sense enjoyment and that this is the sense enjoyer, we kind of miss the point and we start to have this fighting mentality, which we already said that sometimes it's getting us in more trouble. So this is the basic for now. I it, it took me a bit longer to present the uh, the introduction, but yeah, basically we have these two voices: one which is connected with our sadhana, which we appreciate, we want to have more in our mind, and the other voice which is always trying to pull us in the other direction. And for not mm, knowing better, we label it a sense enjoyer. And sometimes maybe it's not a conscious decision to label it that way, but we treat it that way because it's we say, okay, this is an artist, this is some bullshit, it's not okay, and we're in this fighting mentality. But um, 
sometimes it's it's beneficial to look deeper in that and see what are the nuances because our mind has many voices and when we try to get to know what is happening inside we can be more able to see how we can serve our material identity in progress of becoming more spiritualized and in that way with some compassion and empathy to to stimulate the bhakti process and to stimulate more discipline in our sadhana and from this uh, psychological methodology with from which i drawn some inspiration uh, they say that our mind it's not one entity they there are many voices inside and um, it's also true in a way from our um, from our perspective of our yogic and vedic knowledge because when we have deep samskaras they driven some um, they have their own voices for example if i have some pain with people and i am in some relationship my inner child for example can be triggered and i want to be a sadaka but when my child traumas are activated i became totally absorbed in that consciousness so we have this experience that i want to have like my mind fixed on this and have one kind of self-talk but then something triggers me and i become angry i become frustrated i uh, experience fear and then my self-talk inside the voices inside get some different um, nuance and are start to tell different story and um, if we want to be more stable in the practice and to be able to discipline our mind we can start to be more um, looking inside what is happening there and see what are the nuances and today i will give the nuances from this perspective it's not like uh, all and all but it can give some practical hints how to connect better with uh, our mind when it starts to be very scattered and very noisy and it's uh, some impairment for our practice from this method they say that our mind divides in two different like different parts of ourselves. it's not only the sadaka part and the sense and joy apart but we have other parts inside of us our our mind goes in different games not only the sense enjoyment game but also in two other ways and uh, one very mm, very important part of this mind struggle is are these parts of ourself which hold the the most pain the wounds our wounded nature because um, as i said we want to practice but something triggers us and we go in that uh, totally absorbed in that material identity the wounded child or the angry teenager and it's uh, a bit hard to manage to work with that part so if we are more able to get to know them we will be better at uh, 
at befriend, befriending them and then overcoming them. So we have in ourselves these wounds that develop in some separated parts. As I said, why there are separated parts? Because this is our experience. When my child wounds are activated, I totally switch and shift in that mentality. And sometimes maybe it can take me like one hour or one week to get myself together. Um, is it clear? I, I'm a bit uh, not very calm today, but yeah. Uh, okay, it's fine. Uh, so it's um, so these parts of ourselves that have this this uh, big feelings and pain are called exiles in this method. And the exile is some part that we want not to have engagement with. We don't want to know that these parts because they because they have uh, deep pain inside. These are all our wounds from the material nature and being in that uh, identity material. They hold the, the wounds of rejection, of abandonment, of injustice, of pain. And why are they, they so important from, for our uh, sadhaka journey? Because if we don't go there to these parts and resolve this pain that is there and to um, really try to see it, it can be like some um, blind spots which can direct ourselves in wrong directions. Because when my pain is triggered, I get blended with my material identity. I can become angry. These parts have um, very strong feelings. I can start to be more judgmental towards others. I can be uh, very anxious, very depressed. And this we know how this can be uh, a problem for our practice because our mind will be very disturbed. So these parts, these exiles, are mostly the parts that we don't want to look at them because they have this pain. And, um, and if, if we have some struggle and if we have some behaviors that we cannot overcome, and we see that if I overcome this behavior or this tendency in, in my, this tendency or this attitude, I will become better in my sadhana. Maybe there is hidden some part which holds some deeper pain, which is um, too overwhelming, but it's pulling the strings and going to, um, it's pulling ourselves in this uh, unhealthy and uh, unhelpful directions. So one parts are these, which have this pain inside. And our consciousness is very like, um, trying to do its best to keep us alive and to keep us safe from such pain. So then our mind divides in other parts, which are trying to protect us from this pain. So we have some injuries from the, our material experience. 
and this becomes like some strong some scars some strong scars from everything that is happening and there in this uh, strong some scars there are these big feelings of uh, fear of overwhelm of some pain some suffering and to be able to function our mind divides in these parts which are trying to protect us from that pain and these things which are trying to protect us also can get in the way of our sadhana, which I, I will explain how in, in short. But these protectors, their main job is to keep away part of our minds which have these big feelings of pain. Uh, and these protectors um, also divide in two parts the ones which are managers and the ones the ones which are firefighters. Sorry for this uh, strange terminology, but it will become clear how this can help us in our, our sadhana, in the culmination of my talk. Uh, so when we have this pain, it activates some protector, some manager. Maybe how I would give an example. So if I have fear that maybe um, that maybe something bad will happen to me, and I'm not on that stage to trust Krishna that everything will be fine, I don't experience myself as a soul yet, and I have fears that something will happen, maybe some financial scarcity will happen, some problem. And if I have been in scarcity some previous lifetime, I have been poor or like this, this topic will be very, um, very alarming for, our, for my mind it will, and it will start to overthink. What can I do? From where I can get money? Uh, how to uh, do more in my job so I can more security? And in that way, I have this uh, part which is holding the pain of being pure, poor and this is like damaging because uh, my need for security is not met. So this is the one part of my mind which has this feeling of pain, of uh, fear. And then uh, my mind starts to think of ways how to manage this feeling and this emotion. And it starts to overthink. And then it can manifest as some anartha that I want to per pursue more material goals to work more and not, not to practice more. And this can, uh, if this part becomes too strong, I can be um, going to some extreme and uh, trying to work more and be in a way perfectionist or overdoing some kind of workaholic tendency can be there. And this we can see how it can be um, something not very beneficial for our practice. Because there is this, like uh, our Guru Maharaj always says, you need to be very down to earth and you need to be uh, very like common sense. You, If you have the need to uh, have some material security, go and meet this need in a healthy way that will help your process and your sadhana. We know this, but if my 
part in me which is holding this fear of being poor, it's so strong, it can overwhelm me. And in a way to not feel this fear, there will be this other part of me which can go to an, to an extreme, uh, to do everything, not to have the slightest uh, possibility to be pure, poor, sorry, to be poor. And this can become work, workaholic tendency, which can go in the way of my sudden. Uh, is it like, uh, okay, like this, uh, this example? Okay. And uh, the other types of uh, parts in ourselves that can try to help us not go in that pain are like firefighters because they're going, uh, they're being activated. Our mind get, um, starts to play this game when the pain is already there. So for example, the, this manager, the workaholic tendency inside of me couldn't do its job. And now I'm being with some financial difficulties and this overwhelms me. And my mind is totally going crazy. Oh no, this is the worst thing. And I try to do sadhana and trust Krishna and be more like devoted, but this is totally overwhelming me. And uh, because uh, this material tendency and fear is too strong, then my mind goes uh, and activates this firefighter part, which wants to turn off the pain, to numb the pain. It's like, like a firefighter. When there is some danger, the firefighters come and they try to uh, make the fire go away. And these tendencies of our mind are like more, more extreme, more impulsive. So for example, I can go and trying to binge watch shows or I can go and have more like uh, anything like addictions or like um, some compulsive behavior, everything that is to some extreme. Uh, can be go, can go there, like this is uh, a parts of uh, us that uh, go go uh, activated become activated when there is too much pain and we are too overwhelmed and they start to manifest in some very extreme ways. So here are, uh, dissociations like panic attacks, anxiety disorders, which also make the mind very much. Uh, spinning around uh, addictions of any kind. It can be not so a gross addiction, but it can be some subtle addiction, like watching, like scrolling, doom scrolling, everything, or binge watching some TV shows, uh, or everything that is also like some escapism and also compulsive behavior. Some risk taking can be there. And we see that such um, parts in ourself can be a lot more damaging for our sadhana because if you are too overwhelmed and these parts start to be activated, they totally uh, sweep the mind. So basically, I wanted to 
share this idea that uh, if we try to work only with our mind, labeling it sense enjoyment and sense enjoyer, this self-talk, this voice in ourselves that, that is the sense enjoyer, we kind of are not very um, good prepared for all the games our mind plays. And if we are labeling this tendency in, tendencies and voices in ourselves only like this one-pointed only sense enjoyer, then we can try to fight it. But um, if the pain is too much or if we have some, some scars from material nature, some strong anarthas, it won't help. So if we try to go deeper and try to see from that perspective, which is the wounded part of myself and what it needs because there in the wounded parts are always these needs that are like security, safety, belonging, connectedness, uh, to feel loved and to love, to do something meaningful. Uh, and when we try to see this pain and go there and are able to feel it with this compassion and try to connect with it with more compassion to ourselves to see what, what is the wound and what is the need, then we can try to negotiate and to met our need with our devotional practice. Because we know that these needs of connectedness, of safety, security, belonging, um, sense of meaning are only really, are only really met in our devotional life, in our sadhana, in our experience of doing service. So when we have the proper understanding and attitude, we can go there to, there, to these parts that have these needs and try to cultivate them and try to meet them with our practice. But if we label them as something bad or this is only the sense enjoyer and me that want bad things and we miss the deeper layer which are these needs, uh, we can fight, but uh, sometimes it won't be appropriate and this tendency can become stronger. How is it like... Uh, Okay, um, I will give some more examples. So if you like this description and if you already have like uh, some examples in, in your head while I'm discussing, maybe already you can, um, some ideas come, come up in your mind. Okay, maybe this is this part in me and this is that part in, in me. Um, we can dive a bit deeper. So uh, what parts can be also hindering our practice? If we see them in that way, that one part of ourself is this uh, wounded inner self that holds some uh, emotional pain, there are basically uh, like four, five, six, main woundings that we can carry in ourselves. This is the, the wound of rejection, abandonment, injustice, um, 
something, some pain that has overwhelmed us. Mm. And, and we can start to be more reflective. Are there, are, uh, is there something like this in me? Do I have this fear of being rejected, rejected, abandoned, some injustice there, or some, um, something bad that can happen? What are my worst case scenarios in this lifetime? And that way we can start to identify some parts of our mind that carry some emotional burden, some deep-rooted samskara, which we can uh, try to heal with our devotional practice and met the need which is there. Because in every wound, there's some need. This is like something very important. Our pain shows what are the unmet needs. And then we can go there and start to work with that. Uh, what can be like some um, manager parts which try to help us not feel the pain of the wounded parts? This can be a controlling part, which is why this can be um, unbeneficial for our practice, because this is our tendency, material tendency to control. As Krishna is saying in the Bhagavad Gita, so Krishna is saying, I'm the controller. But sometimes when we have insecurities and some pain and some scars and the wounds are told, uh, our mind develops more controlling tendency. It wants to control everything in our life, to control people. And sometimes this is um, this has also some subtle part. It's not like always uh, wanting to be bossy and uh, this gross control and to thinking, oh, I'm the controller, some in an artistic way. It can be in some very subtle, subtle way. Uh, I can be uh, disappointed. I can be annoyed. I can become mm, angry. Uh, I can be a bit depressed when things don't go in the way that I wanted. And these behaviors and these feelings are also this controlling part, but more subtle manifestations, not the big gross ones. And if we tried only to stop being controlling in that way, not admitting and not seeing that this controlling part is trying to keep us safe from some negative feeling, uh, we can try to, again, fight it, but it kind of missed the point. It's like misplaced effort. Because if we have deep insecurity that maybe something very bad and painful will happen if I'm not so controlling, then uh, this emotion will drive my mind. Because we know that uh, we on our uh, unsteady practice, we are not having deep emotions for the process and we are kind of making some effort. And our mind follows the heart. And if we have some burden and some pain in our heart, and if we try only to fight with some um, mental and discipline, our mind will bend and we will we'll go there where is the emotion. And we will feel this fear and 
this controlling part will get stronger or be at that uh, and that on that level and we, we maybe won't be able to overcome it. And this applies, this process, this dynamic applies also for the other parts that I will say now, self-sacrifice, but self-sacrifice not in a way that it's beneficial, but uh, in a way that's a bit neurotic and also trying to um, protect us, not feeling some pain. So sometimes I have heard devotees like being 10 years in this self-sacrificial uh, way doing things, but then get burnout and go a bit away from the sadhana and the process because they're so devastated inside and burn out. Um, and maybe their self-sacrifice was not from some genuine point of uh, and feeling of wanting to serve and like this, not on their, on their level of adhikar, but was driven from some wounded part which wanted not to be rejected again or wanted to fit and uh, uh, not feel the pain of being rejected or humiliated or feeling the feelings of unworthiness, for example, it's also some very common experience. Also, perfectionism can be such a part in ourselves, overthinking, which can also be a problem in, problem in our devotional life. People pleasing, again, can uh, go in that direction of neuroticism and we can be again depressed or anxious and then we can start to be more um, angry because many times when a person is too self-sacrificial and people pleasing then this uh, and it's not again from some genuine place coming the these persons mostly become like um, they start to hold some grudges and become angry, passive, aggressive, and they have uh, so much bitterness inside that at some point can lead to criticism and doing some offenses. And then again, this can be become a, um, some hindrance in our process. So um, yeah, these are like the not so extreme parts. And the extreme parts, which I, which I mentioned, are these firefighters that come in in the game when the pain is already activated. As I said, addiction, dissociation, escapism, some compulsive behaviors can be, again, um, we know how. But here, there is also some subtle manifestations because sometimes um, we can try to do our japa, to do our chanting uh, as a form of uh, dissociation. Uh, for example, some time ago, I saw such tendencies in myself and this method kind of helped me uh, see that what I'm doing because uh, I felt and I realized that many times when I try to uh, do my japa in the morning, it's like I try to numb the insecurities and the pain and the struggle I have. And I try to, in a way, suppress these feelings and some desires maybe, or some uh, yeah, pain, suffering, by, by trying um, 
to, to do the job, but not in a genuine way, but as a way to escape some things that uh, I don't want to deal with inside or outside. So in a way, for sure, it's beneficial in a way, but also uh, when, when I saw that I'm doing this, uh, I tried to overcome it and then my mind became a bit clearer. I, I felt that I started doing my japa with, uh, from, from, from a different place with a different attitude, not in a way like a coping mechanism to not feel the pain or some insecurities or like this, but really trying to uh, please Krishna or trying to be um, yeah, with some other goal in mind. So I think that on, on our unsteady practice, maybe sometimes uh, it's good to check with ourselves with what motive and uh, we are doing things and also are there are there inside such dissociative or escapism tendencies in ourselves uh, because um, as i said so this can make us uh, do also the process but we are not uh, in the right attitude and right place for sure there's benefit but maybe if we see that and if we um, are aware of these tendencies we can try and see what is happening and um, pacify the mind and uh, to make it more peaceful and not doing our things in that uh, in that direction so um, yeah maybe if the topic is interesting my next, we can do a second part in which to discuss in, in more depth how to deal when we already discovered these tendencies in ourselves and if we discovered these nuances of our mind and see um, the different parts, the wounded parts and the ones who try to protect us from that pain because it's already uh, like 7.30. Uh, so, what can I say as a conclusion of this topic? If we see, or uh, sometimes if we get caught in that mind game to see everything that is happening inside, which is not directly connected with our sadhana, if we label it sense and joy are part of ourself and start to fight it, or sometimes we try to escape it, it can hinder our process or slow down it. Because in that sense enjoyed, sense enjoyed part of ourself, if we go deeper, we see that there are some wounded parts of ourself and other parts that try to keep us away from that pain, from the different wounds, our material identification got us uh, got us collected we have a big collection of these uh, pains and in that way we can try to develop a more appreciative more compassionate more ac accept you know, ac acceptance-based approach what is happening with our artists and feelings and tendencies and in that way try to manage them in a proper way 
and this will make our mind more peaceful and more steady. And this uh, steadiness can go directly to our uh, to our sadhana. And uh, the wounded parts are mostly connected with these basic wounds of humiliation, rejection, abandonment, injustice, the feelings of unworthiness, and the tendencies of our mind, which are trying to keep us safe from that overwhelming feelings, are parts which are controlling, perfectionism, overthinker, which is always complain, complaining or overthinking some material things, the tendencies that can become addictive, like, uh, as I said, with binge, everything with binge, eating, watching, some subtle addictions to some material topics or being more in the in telephone, and watching things and stuff. Also the tendencies which are pulling us away from the practice, like escapism and this um, tendency to dissociate with, from ourselves. Because uh, what is the problem with this dissociation? If I try to do my practice like uh, a way to dissociate from some pain inside, at some point, there will be a backlash. It will um, come again at some point. Sometimes people try like 10, 20 years to suppress some feelings, some desires, some, some need, and then it erupts like a volcano and then totally overwhelms the person. And uh, it can be like, a pause, a pause for for the sadhana, because you need to try to figure out what to do with these overwhelming things. And yeah, maybe you all, some of you had had this experience. Uh, in a way, I for sure have had sometimes for shorter periods, some sometimes for longer. But when this uh, pain starts to get activated, it really goes all the mind energy in that direction and it really feels like some firefighters are trying to keep us safe safe and if we're already not so steady in our practice we go to the material tendency these parts take um, take over so this dissoci dissociation is uh, a problem because we cannot dissociate forever and when we are not so uh, have uh, big adhikar at some point this Things inside are, um, are not, we are not able to suppress them, and maybe some newer triggers and activations will come from um, material nature, and this will the um, they will bend us. Or the mind will start to be more um, scattered, more noisy, more anxious. So yeah. And next time, if uh, you find this uh, interesting, uh, we can go in some deeper way how to connect with the mind. Uh, there's some comment.
Yes, uh, it's very important. Mm, the only way in which we can uh, clear our inner stuff is with our sadhana. Uh, and uh, as I said, uh, it's very important that uh, it's not like um, the main idea is to go to the things that are stopping our or making difficult to practice and see what are the needs which are there and then with this awareness to dive deeper in our sadhana. So this is the, the main thing. It's not like uh, trying to do something separate from our sadhana and to overcome some stuff in ourselves. The idea is to um, be more aware what is there inside, which is making us, uh, giving us some trouble practicing the way we want or to be more stable in our practice. And then by seeing the needs which are there to, to be more secure, to feel more love, to be to feel more uh, guided or worthy, to try then to, um, in a more conscious way, to see the aspects of our sadhana, which, which can go directly to this. So this is the, the main thing. And uh, sometimes it can uh, be a bit faster if we don't try only to suppress and fight, but to see what is the need and with compassion to meet it and to see how we can adjust our sadhana in a way that, in a way faster meet the need or um, appreciate that which which is already inside of us. So yeah, thank you for uh, the comment and yeah. Uh, does anyone have a question also or something to comment, some feedback or some? Haribal, Dayalji, Hare Krishna. Thank you for this uh, enlivening way of presenting uh, this really, uh, I think personally, really revolutionary uh, therapy modality in a Vaishnava context. And um, yeah, you really brought some really nice points on uh, how to think of it in a context of our sadhana. And uh, yeah, I met um, just for those who are maybe interested in the next class, which I, I hope you will give. Um, which this was kind of a, just a teaser, but um, I met Doyle in Bulgaria, um, or I met you before already, but we met last summer in, uh, in, um, uh, in Bulgaria, in, um, in Poland, and uh, you pointed to me this modality and told me just a few tips how to sort of access within and start to point this, put, put sort of name to, to my feelings in a way, put personality sort of or put put these parts in their place and i started doing that and and noticed that that's actually some kind of an innate thing that is inherently within us and uh that has since uh, led me into exploring this modality a bit more and i have to say it's it's really powerful and uh and uh, yeah i'm looking forward to your new class on the topic um it's it's really something that's actually real i'm finding and happening within as weird as it might seem to a lot of western thinking minds because we're brought up about 
thinking that our minds are sort of like a, a one unit. And if there's any kind of fractioning happening within our minds, it's, it must be something pathological. There must be some kind of an issue going on within our minds. And I found only this way. I've explored a lot of different therapies and gone to talk a lot of people. And, and uh, I've only found within this modality that it really treats us as a, as a, as a big system, like a, like a family, it's called. We have this family system within ourselves that's, that's made up of different parts, different voices, and uh, it addresses the needs of them. And yeah, only this way really I can holistically start to sort of unpack what the hell's going on within myself because it's a mess. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's it's been really, really wonderful. So yeah, I don't want to keep up too much of you guys' time, but it's a really great thing you're doing here. So thank you, Maribor. Thank you for sharing. And did it help you, uh, help you with your sadhana already? In a way, do you feel like yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of like opened up a lot of space within myself. I, I don't consider it as a sadhana in, in and of itself, um, but it kind of is. And, and somebody who doesn't have a spiritual practice could see and use this as a spiritual practice because you're actually accessing yourself, and there's a lot of ways to do that, but you're actually like you're interacting with different parts of yourself and you're asking them questions. And yeah, this is the crazy part, but they're actually talking back to you and you're having a conversation with parts of yourself that are, are burdened by some things. And yeah, I've been managing to actually make a pretty deep connection with parts of myself that have been suffering for a long time. And when um, I'm chanting or I'm, I'm accessing like my japa or something, I can just actively ask these parts of me to sort of like be chill give me some space and give me time. And I've introduced them like Japa and Mahamantra and they seem cool with it. And um, yeah, that sounds kind of crazy, but parts of me are, are feeling it. They're feeling it with me. And, and um, yeah, it's giving me some space to actually be within myself. And I would never have thought that, you know, without like, I don't know, taking psychedelics or some kind of a crazy intervention of some dramatic sort to sort of like, calm my mind enough that I can just be present and when you're in psychedelics or something which I don't rec definitely recommend to anybody but but that can help some parts of your brain to calm down and some parts of your mind to calm down so you can actually be within self but I'm finding when I'm doing this there's certain natural tendencies that you can just push those side parts of you aside or give ask them to give you a break and then you're in centered in that self whatever it is you know at this point my sadaka deha i don't know how to see that but i can actually be in that space and i can feel how they're giving me a break my body calms down my nervous system chills out i'm in this more peaceful state and then i can access whatever it is my smarnam whatever japa you know kirtan and yeah it's definitely been helpful for that even though my sudden has been terrible as of recent but uh yeah <laughs> i i noticed some different thanks for asking <laughs> thanks for sharing thank you okay someone else wants to share something or we can okay. i will have a question Problems. Uh, uh, 
like uh yeah like Konkar Prabhu says that this it is indeed like real thing like what happening inside but we have this debate with some devotees already like about projecting and some 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 stuff like this that sometimes some things come with association like with some different people i think this may be for different talk but uh like like my question is when it is like from inside of us and when it is from projection of some from someone else or how big uh these other people have influence on us and like this can it be separated or well mm. We're living in this uh, mind, in this consciousness. So maybe, uh, maybe it would be um, beneficial to see them as some unified, unified field. And if something is triggering us, to try to um, to see what is there. And uh, maybe the distinction is it from outside or, or from inside. Um, it's uh, not uh, helpful for addressing the thing. If there is, if something is uh, coming out, no matter from inside or from some projection, we can uh, pay attention to it and see how to solve it or uh, overcome. Or uh, it depends what kind of thing is coming. Maybe in short, I would discuss in my mind. Yes, thanks. Thank you for being with me. Sorry for being a bit chaotic and uh, not very um, well um, presenting the things. And also if some other things come in mind, you can uh, Facebook message me and uh, say something more if comes up uh, about this topic. And uh, yeah, really grateful for your patience because I started a bit late and like this. But yeah, appreciate. Yeah. And happy Bawaram Purnima to all. Jai. Jai. Jai.